Hello, listener. Welcome to this week's wonderful Wiggly podcast, number 175 nonetheless. And we're back. We're back to basics. (laughs) We're back in the Wiggly lounge on the Wiggly couch. And I am joined by the gorgeous Heather Gorringe. And do you the, like my hair? And the not-so-gorgeous father, Phil. Do you like my hair? Yeah, I do like your hair, Hev. Well, I kind of... Well, it, it, I do quite like it, but I... I Rich did likes any to me hair because he hasn't got much of wear, his own. You may have done it for... Uh, we may have had it cut for Red Nose Day. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's... <laughs> since... <laughs> you know, when I have my hair done now, yeah. Di, my niece, says... What does Richard think of your hair every time? Because you've given me so much stick over the years on this podcast yeah. about my hairdos. And I tell her, <laughs> the last time he asked me what I'd come dressed as, yeah. and she said, you know, I'm going right off him. <laughs> he might have got a nice voice on the podcast, but that's all that you can say about the man. I just agree. I'm not trying to... <laughs> Well, Di, because, you know, I think Di and I would, uh, would, would get on quite well. In fact, a few years ago, I think Di and I would have gone <laughs> very well indeed. She's cutting it for uh, you. She's cut, she, <laughs> first I should go get my hair cut by Di, and then, you know, we could compare She might notes. give you a discount, Rich. Yes, there's £5 <laughs> off for all Wiggly listeners. <laughs> Use this code. <laughs> discount. But, uh, but since our uh, absence from the Wiggly catch... Farmer Phil's facial hair is, is, is quite significant, doesn't it? It's got these wonderful bushy uh, sideburns. Yes, um, I like them. They're sort of long and, and thin, but occasionally they come out to meet you, <laughs> like uh, John McCreary. But more interestingly, I'd like to know how we've moved into a wiggly lounge, because yeah. we've never had a lounge, and we've moved from a sofa to a couch. <laughs> so I'd like to know, is that more down market? Are you bringing a sort of more, you know, working class environment, or is that posher? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Do you want to know what's on this week's show? Yes, tell us all, Hev. This week's show, Farmer Phil goes back to school and he feeds those children his beef. Will they like it? Will they not? And we've got some letters from the kids telling us whether or not they liked it. The new catalogue is in our sticky little fingers. And so people have been saying their favourite thing. Even better than that, for those of you who hate it when us wigglers get to taste things... <laughs> We're tasting something else today. Chocolate. We've got to eat sometime. Exactly. We've got a hop pillow recipe from Ricardo. But first of all, Rich, I want a quick update on your pond. It's amazing, you know. It's the, it's the very first time that I've ever seen frog spawn and toad spawn together in exactly the same place. Even to the extent where the toad spawn has been weaved underneath the ranunculus that's supporting the frog spawn. So isn't that incredible? Because, you know, you tend to find that, that frogs will spawn in very, very shallow areas. I mean, even scrapes or puddles. I've seen them up in the woods here above Blakemere. 
and uh, toads tend to prefer larger, deeper water bodies, but for whatever reason, those guys are perfectly happy to spawn together. So, in do three or four months' time, they'll not be... Do frogs and get um, on? No, they do get on, but like anything in nature, they tend to have a niche, an area that they prefer and occupy, and that suits them better. Is there any um, evidence that it's been a particularly good time the last couple of years for toads? Because I remember as a child, I used to find toads around the farm all the time. Yeah. And then there was a period where I went for years without seeing any toads at all. Right. But the last couple of years... We've had a lot in the farmyard, and actually, I, I found one swimming around in penguins' water trough the other day. So, oh, right. oiked him out of there, and yeah, yeah. put him to have a bit of a rest because I think he was fed up with swimming by the time I'd found him. But they've obviously been doing better, perhaps. Well, possibly, I think it's year on year. It's uh, you know the, the the fortunes of the population densities of these things do change. Well, anyway, the big bird watch survey results are in. Adam Vaughan from the Guardian has done a fantastic <coughs> article on it. And Rachel did a blog post, and we've got a comment from Mel, who's had long-tailed tits in her garden for the first time, and they've hit the top ten in the results. And she says, I'm fairly sure the long-tailed tit explosion was down to your taster pack. I agree, Mel. (laughs) I never saw one on my allotment until I put out that suet feast. Now they line up when they see me coming. Off to check out the results now. So, I'm going to do the top ten countdown of birds. What I'd like now is an Alan Freeman little song. How's it go? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. No. no that's oh, sorry. That's my favourite. Rich will sing it. Here we go, then, with the top ten countdown. Wait a minute. Number ten, long-tailed tit. Number nine, robin. Number eight, great tit. Number seven, collared dove, up by billions of percent in the last 30 years. Wood pigeon, up by trillions of percent in the last 30 years. Number five, chaffinch. Number four, blue tit. Number three, blackbird. Number two, starling. And so we get to number one, what do you think? The most popular bird in people's gardens in 2009. The average in the garden was 3.7 of this particular species. And it was... A flamingo. (laughs) No, Phil. (laughs) Spuggies, perhaps? Exactly. Sparrows, it was. Fabulous. Fabulous. Brilliant. And is that that one last year? Well, having read the report, with the exception of siskins, which have gone down... To number 26. All... All of them are showing a, a significant improvement on last year and they're putting it down to the people feeding birds more in the garden. OK. And so that does show that you can make a difference. But the main difference is the long-tailed tit, which we know we've already seen in our garden, yeah. and that is up by 88% from last year's count. And it's all due to our taster packs. <laughs> Only joking. It was, you know, little Rachel Harris came over to, to mind to pick up the pop-up for a gig she was doing uh, for the Gaia Partnership in Hereford last week, and we yeah. walked up, so I tried to show her around, you know, so we walked up the top of the field, and we sat on the bench at the top of the field, enjoying the views of Herefordshire, and I could hear long-tailed tits just cursing behind, there's a tall hedge behind, and I looked round, and sure enough, there's a long-tailed tit in there with a big, chunky feather in her mouth. I looked up, moved around, and there it was, the most perfect little domed nest 
ensconced in a real thick blackthorn hedge and it's uh, it's great to see and early for them to nest as well because you know we're kind of just into the middle of march so what do they make their nest out of what's it like yeah well their nest is amazing because they they stitch loads of moss and lichen together with cobwebs cobwebs and and spit it's a feat of engineering really and that no less an amazing feat is the, is the way that they line the nest with thousands quite literally thousands of feathers and I think a nest, I think when people have sort of taken the nests apart uh, in the past, they've found in excess of 10,000 feathers in a nest. Really? How many trips? <laughs> well, oh 10,000, Industrious little devil. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, they, they quite literally make this most amazing place to grow up. If you're a baby, long-tailed tit, then you have the best start in life, certainly. So would they use a box to nest in? No, they don't use boxes. Long-tailed tits tend to like tall hedges and very dense... Um, Is that because their tails would reach the ground otherwise? <laughs> Possibly, I'm not <laughs> sure. But that's, that's the kind of place that they, they like to nest in. I mean, I've found their, their nests in wild dog rose thickets. But, yeah, fabulous to see those I wonder if their numbers are up because people have planted more trees and hedges then as well. It could be. And I think possibly we've, you know, we've reached uh, perhaps an equilibrium now where a lot of songbird populations, are, you know, the, 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 obviously the populations fluctuate year on year, certainly depending on how wet the summers are, how cold the winters are, things like that. But generally, most of us uh, tend to sort of uh, look towards feeding the birds, or a lot of us look towards feeding the birds. So a lot of those populations have been supported now through our efforts. And, yeah, the days have gone where lots of hedgerows are being grubbed and, and gardeners are looking at being more sympathetic to wildlife and realising the significance of providing opportunities for, for other animals to enrich their spaces, certainly. I think we've got to that point now, you know, where we're, we're at a plateau. So, actually, I think things will uh, improve even to a greater extent from here. We're planting another hedge, Rich. Good. Onward, we have to have a weekly fact on wiggliness by Monty and a quick congratulations must go to him because here we hand over to the proud father. He's been um, <laughs> named as the most improved rugby player in his year at school this year. So he's chuffed a bit through that, yeah. had to go up in front of the whole school and you know, knees knocking the whole bit. Yeah. <laughs> Good on him. Well done, Mont. Well done, Mont. A weekly fact on (laughs) wiggliness. Montycast, a weekly fact on wiggliness. Blackthorn wood makes really good walking sticks. Another Montycast, a weekly fact on wiggliness. Next week. First review to Heather and the podcast team. My name is Phil from Preston on Ribble also known as Preston and Lancashire to us locals, 155 miles north of Preston on Wye. I wanted to send you all a note to tell you my wiggly story. While searching for wildlife-related podcasts on iTunes, I found a wiggly podcast and downloaded it. Immediately after listening to these podcasts, I developed a weekly craving for the most compelling, entertaining and unpredictable podcast on iTunes. <laughs> Although initially interested in the wildlife and gardening aspect of your podcast, I'm now an avid listener of the wider farming and environmental features, discussions and heated debates. That's a nice way of putting it, Phil. I subsequently found the archive section of your website and I've downloaded 150 previous podcast episodes, which you might have guessed took some time. Over the past week... 
Starting at episode one, I have listened to every podcast. Good <laughs> Lord. That's some I sort have of listened to well 88 done. hours, 2 minutes, and 41 seconds of all 173 podcasts and play. videos. I'm now up to date. Your cunning plan of obtaining a new Wiggly customer has also worked. Yes! <laughs> As I recently felt obliged to make a few purchases. The Wiggly Bringing a Garden to Life book was extremely informative and my Robins, Dunnocks, Blackbirds and Magpies all say thanks for the mealworms. A massive thanks to you all, hilarious Heather, for your humour and tactful authority. Farmer Phil, for your calm, knowledgeable and interesting farming insights. Frugal Fishboard, for your excellent reviews and reports. Monty, for your fascinating facts. And not forgetting Michael your often unnoticed hard work. All the best. P.S. Farmer Phil is definitely the winner when it comes to delivering constructive and well-substantiated discussion points. Pick the bones out of that. It says, keep trying, Ricardo. Yeah, he did so well. He did so well there, but obviously he has uh, no idea what he's talking about. New catalogues out. What is your favourite thing in the new catalogue, Ricardo? Well, uh, this may surprise you. I kind of look. It's a smart little catalogue, actually. And uh, the, the, but as I ambled my way through on page where are we? Twenty six. You. <laughs> You've got a, a seed storage section and there's this great bulb and seed tin. Now, I look at this bulb and seed tin and think, oh, yeah, what's that, about 30 centimetres by 21 centimetres? Um, would make the perfect fish smoker. <laughs> I could just I, see that there. I it's not a couple of holes in the top. I absolutely hate you. <laughs> not I hate you. Smacks on the top. Can you a little bit of a grid and a little bit of sawdust in the bottom on top of the fire. Jobs are good and he could knock some nice trout and grainy out of that. And, you know, and it looks the part as well. So. I really, really hate you because not only have you picked a product and wrecked it, so you haven't even done a decent review, but also it's not come into stock yet. Oh, no way. Oh, okay. Farmer okay. Phil. Well, as you know, I'm, I'm definitely a man for the pictures, and I like the pictures. But the one that I really like is the picture of the bumblebee in a really, really rural wildlife haven, which is one of your tongue twisters, I think. But it's also particularly pertinent because of the problems that bees are having, that we look after them. If we haven't got any bees, we won't have any food. Another non-product. Oh, God. It's not a non-product. Rich, what is the moth on the front, please? Uh, It's a silver Y moth. Migrant moth, but they do spend a lot of time in this country, and I'm pretty sure they breed here as well now. Isn't it beautiful? Gorgeous. And it's on knapweed? Yeah, great in knapweed. Very nice. Did Michael take that photograph? He did indeed. Michael's is the bee, but the moth on the front is Mark Eccleston. Thank you, Mark, very much. I did actually email old Eccles Cakes the other day. I haven't had a response from him. He left a message on my mobile phone. Mark, if you're listening to this, don't bother leaving messages on my mobile phone. I was going to say, unusual for you not to answer that, (laughs) Rich, isn't it? Not. So, uh, you know, I'll speak to you soon, old boy. Karen's favourite product in the new catalogue are the filberts. Fabulous filberts, eh? Fabulous when, filbert. When uh, when I was living closer to you guys and uh, in Bishopstone, there were some uh, massive filbert nut trees in the garden there, 
And uh, essentially, they're just the same as a hazelnut, same kind of flavour, but a bigger animal. So you get more for your uh, more reward for your effort of of crunching the the, the nut seeds between your teeth. More nuts for your money. <laughs> so when you're ch- <laughs> chipping the enamel <laughs> off your teeth, you get a bigger. I do bigger like nut, a yeah. big nut. <laughs> Why Moving did you marry on. Phil? <laughs> um, a Hannah wants the hand trials and the forks, the Bergen and ball. Sheffield steel, hand trousers and forks. Lovely. And uh, San wants the eco cooler. So instead of having a fridge, you put your um, fruit and veg in your eco cooler. Right. Um, but I want to talk about hop pillows. Rich, have you seen that new television program called? How to Grow Your Own Drugs with James Wong. I have. I've seen a couple of them, and, uh, and as, uh, as coincidence will have it, uh, the, one of the episodes that I saw was the, the one uh, where he stuffed people's beds with uh, all things hop-like and uh, sent them to sleep. And I've got this ingredient list in front of me here. That'll be a long list in a hot pillow then, won't it? Well, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Very good, Phil. Very good. Uh, it, says, uh, it says hops pillow for insomnia. For a pillow about 32 by 23 centimetres, presumably that's a, that's a standard-sized pillow, you have your four handfuls dried hops. From Wiggly Wigglers. of dried lavender flowers. Yes, of course, they are available now, aren't they? Uh, Little yeah. bags of, of dried hops yeah. specifically for this kind of thing. Quite right. And it says to dry the hops and lemon yourself. Well, you won't have to do that if you buy, uh, buy Wiggly's uh, little bags of dried hops because they're already done. But it says here, tie them in bunches and hang them upside down in a well-ventilated space out of direct sunlight for two weeks, which, of course, is what happened here. Well, you and Sam went off on a mission, didn't you? I think probably last, when was it, october time? Something like that, mm, September? September, I think. And came back with transit vans <laughs> full, of, full of hop vines and, and they were hung up in every... <laughs> Conceivable space across the farm, much to Farmer Phil's delight. Uh, but, I've never uh, seen so many hops. When you buy a um, five hundred hop binds, you don't imagine the space that they actually do take up. No, they take up fourteen farms worth of building space. Heather, Heather yeah. and Sand swiftly found out that uh, the drying of hops usually requires a hop kiln, which we hadn't got. <laughs> 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 so anyway, it, to finish the, uh, the recipe, it says strip the flowers off the larger or harder stalks and put equal handfuls of dried hops and lavender flowers into a cotton pillowcase, seal the end and place the pillow under or beside your head to induce sleep. And it seemed to work a treat on the programme, didn't it? I mean, those folks were previously kind of sleeping a couple of hours a night and feeling ill the next day or feeling ill through their lives, in fact. And it knocked them out of treat. They slept like babies. Absolutely. Next review, please, Rich. The next review. Okay, we've got a couple of American reviews here. I think this is a particularly nice review, actually, because it's um, it's very articulate. The Wiggly podcast is definitely one of my favourites. With Heather, Farmer Phil, and Ricardo, a well-rounded, unpretentious bunch of pod couch surfing spuds spirited by thoughtful discussion lots of diverse topics guests candid sharing of farm and shop events field trips and fun in capital letters topped off with a montecast a weekly fact on wiggliness you just can't beat it of course i only speak american and it took a wee bit for my universal translator to kick in but now it was a treat exclamation mark another thing i really appreciate is their longevity Show-wise, I mean. 
Thank you. I was going to say. And that's from uh, the Lisa Solution. Farmer Phil. I've got one entitled Recent Pods by the Son of the Goddess. Ricardo and Phil banging heads and arguing with Heather as referee. All that was missing was Frankie Goes to Hollywood singing Two Tribes Go to War. (laughs) Then lovely, lovely French lady and Doctor Lady bringing an exotic twist and burst of empirical science. And then even more Doctor Lady and debate on GM. Just gets better, but bring back the French Lady, please. That was Corinne, you might remember, I certainly do. Um, (laughs) I couldn't agree with you more. Yes, please bring Corinne back. Best pod on the web with Terry the Welsh allotment wizard hard on your heels. Congrats to all. So thank you to the son of the goddess. Nice review. Five stars. Now then, I popped up on our website, on the blog, a post about divine chocolate. And I had a quite stern comment back that we should be using English chocolate made in England and still have fair trade credentials. Fair point. And I put, well, that's fine, but, you know, where do I get this from? And without any further ado, back came the reply, Chococo. And I phoned up Sally at Chococo and she said, oh, I love Wigglies. I love Wigglies. I'm a Wiggly fan. I would love to make you some chocolate. Right. And she's made us some bars with Wiggly Wigglers on it. And she's made us some Easter eggs. And she's made us some Dotty the Hens. So I thought that we should taste it and give it a chocolate rating. So we've got the honeycomb in front of us. Yep. And we're ready for the off. <laughs> Picture the scene. We've uh, Luckily, one of the eggs was broken, so we're not wasting it. It's a shame, <laughs> that's that, isn't it? It's a shame, yeah, that's and right. And so, here we go. Okay, who's going to go? Oh. I'll tell you what, I, I really hope I'm the forklift driver that unloads the next pallet later. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I seem to have a bit of spillage. They're mm. down in Purbeck. Mm. Mm. That is fantastic. And it came... In a really nice box that's mm. like a sort of harlequin design. Yeah. And it looks the part. Oh, thanks, Ev. I um, What was the thing I looked at this morning that had Wiggly Wigglers written on it? What's, what's the product do you call that? It's a daisy bar. Daisy with bar. With Wiggly right. Wigglers written on it. That, was, that really looked pretty cool. And presumably, if it tastes as good as this, then not only will it look the part, but it will be a real feast as well. That is just mm. a jolly job, isn't it? Mm. So anyway, going to put up... A special chocolate offer right. on the web once we've had a chance to photo mm. and obviously <laughs> fully taste the items we yeah. want to That's pop right. them up without <clears throat> trying them mm. adequately. So hopefully mm. there'll be a little bit left yeah. for you, dear listener, to uh, get a deal on. Something special is going to happen on the web with Choco Coach. Yeah, it's worth worth feasting. That's a sure fact. Now, Rich, I want to congratulate you on your new brochure. Bugs and Beasties. <laughs> I knew Brochure. Have I brought I it so, up? I haven't said Michael yet, have I? Uh, well, if you'll mention it, Hev, then, you know, I, I need to take a, a leaf out of your book. Unfortunately, I had another one to hand because uh, you have taught me uh, everything I, I know. So, uh, so it's an interesting one, isn't it? That's, that is the first flyer of Richie's new business, or at least an arm of his new business. So yeah. I kind of thought I should show Hev because Hev was kind enough to uh, advise on the bits and bobs. And when I sent her a, and I gave you a draft, a and you and you and wrote some rather lovely things. I put. He's back. a sort. Richard is Wiggly's knowledge hub. 
He's a sort of David Attenborough meets Bob the Builder. <laughs> that was very good. Very funny. Yeah, and probably <laughs> best I don't comment, really. <laughs> but this is great. So you're going to be designing school gardens for wildlife play and learning. Yeah. So yeah. your normal thing, but more. Yes, I think so. And, uh, and, and recently I've looked at designing the whole of, uh, of the school grounds rather than just addressing An holistic approach. So, yeah, yeah. And that absolutely. picture on the back, Rich, yeah. are your eyes really that blue? <laughs> Not exactly, no. no. no oh dear. Uh, Daniele, uh, the, the ace uh, guy who, who designed that for me, said, uh, oh, Richard, your customer base is going to be mostly female. I, uh, I just want to uh, make your eyes a little bit bluer. <laughs> Do it. Do a little work on you, <laughs> was it? Right? That's right. Yeah, a bit of air brushing with the, on the eye front. Well, so. on the news this morning, the Brazilian Prime Minister or President, I forget which, blamed the uh, credit crisis on all white people with blue eyes. Really? Mm, apparently. That's an interesting one. Okay. So, well, brace yourself. Well, that's you, you two then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Luckily, Sadly. I've got green eyes, so that's fine. Michael? Blue, blue. Oh, it's all your fault. Yeah, that's excellent. Anyway, Farmer Phil, as you know, has killed the first beef beast from Lower Blakemere and off he went to the school to give the school kids their first meal with Lower Blakemere beef. Let's go and find out how he got on. Right, so here we go. We're in the dining room in Kingston Primary School. Yeah. And there are how many of you? Six, seven of you with roast beef and Yorkshire pud. What do you reckon? It's lush. It's not. It looks and smells absolutely fantastic, but the real test of the job is is it as good as mum's at home? No. Uh, no way, no. No. Close. No, close. Not close enough. Well, that's fair enough. I can live with that. So I, I think that's great that you like that. And we've all got the beefs all going first. You've all got plenty of gravy, that's the main thing, and it's all disappearing. So good on you. Well done, team. So it looks as if that all went down very well, but you've left your cauliflower. It didn't taste very nice. Oh dear, but the beef was alright, was it? That's good. What do you think about having beef that was reared locally in the fields next door to the school? Well, I actually feel that it tastes nicer. Is that because you know where it's come from or does that matter to you? Oh, yeah. Because I think it matters to me as well and I'm glad you've enjoyed it. So I gather you're going to do a bit of a, a, bit of a project on this. Are you all? Uh, yeah, for our school newspaper. Yeah. So you'll do a bit of a report on it. So, for your report, this is the father of this animal was an Aberdeen Angus, so a Scottish black breed. We've got the reporter's notebook out now, we're in a right shorthand, I trust. So it's an Aberdeen Angus cross heifer. Heifer, which means that it was a female. Animal is H E I F E R. Thank you. All right. And that she was two years old. That's the other important bit. Two years old. 
There we are. More beef going to be supplied, Phil? Have you got the contract for the whole of Hereford, Worcester, (laughs) Shropshire, London, uh, Kilimanjaro? The the idea of local supply to Kilimanjaro Um. is an interesting (laughs) one. But anyway, um, no, what what is happening now is that the caterers involved at Kingston and Thruxton were having a debrief and I'm in contact with them with a view to having a meeting to work out what they want and how we do it and go forward. Oh, well and we're done. also in the process of setting up some more promotional days, both at different schools, and we've got another one at Kingston and Thruxton where we're going to do pork right. or sausages and that sort of thing. So somehow or other, Farmer Phil's supplying the meat and Ricardo is supplying the veggie patches for the schools. <laughs> Yeah, well, that would, that would work. I, I went down to uh, Kingston and Thruxton, and I think they've got grand designs for their school grounds. But uh, again, you know, w- depending on uh, on what they achieve is uh, is well, it's very much dependent on the on funding. Be interested how those guys get on down there. So, if there's a school out there that wants a garden, can they contact you? Yes, they can actually. If they, yeah, if anybody's uh, obviously, if, if anybody was to say, if anybody was listening to this Good podcast, but, but I assume <laughs> Hang on. That Ricardo, he's going to he's do, gonna do, do some marketing. He's going to do some marketing. Yeah. Just a minute. Unbelievable. Here we go. Unbelievable. Right, silence. Right. Brace go. yourselves. Cut. I'm waiting for this. Right. Ready? Steady. Go. go. Okay, well, if anybody would uh, like to talk about developing their school grounds, yes. incorporating places for nature and yes. play and learning and, uh, and inc- incorporating features like edible playgrounds and ponds but some hard landscaping as well if they so choose then they can nearly be succinct yes. contact me um, uh, in fact you, you, I mean, more than welcome to because of my close affiliation with Wiggly's uh, Richard at wigglywigglers.co.uk that's absolutely fine alternatively I have another email address which is actually on, listed on the, on the flyer which is rfishbourne at tiskily .co.uk and you're more than welcome to contact me and ask me anything and uh, I can give you the benefit of my, my knowledge. Ready? Wrap! You're welcome. 175 podcasts and that's the first Hi, time Lily. we've managed to make him do any constructive marketing of any sort. Yeah. Well yeah. done, Rich. Yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's typical. Oh, Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't wiggly, there was it? Now, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, you see... This weekend, of course, which is something we haven't mentioned yet, uh, uh, Wigglies Do, which uh, we're just no Wigglies Do, uh, but it's, it's going to be part Wigglies Do. I'm going heading down to River Cottage in a bit. When we finish here, I'm jumping in the van and scuttling off down there to do a nice little composting uh, display and demo. HFW Fernie, yeah, down uh, down at River Cottage HQ. Whether old uh, whether Hugh Fernie will be there or not, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, there are 500 tickets have been uh, have been granted for visitors, fully booked. Uh, it was almost impossible to get a B&B down there. It should be posed for an interesting day, something that we haven't um, quite like before. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. So we'll keep you uh, updated. And what I'll do is I'll get some photos uh, and then I'll get some, uh, send them across to Rachel and she can whack them up on the blog. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, be good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, B&B? B- <laughs> B&B, yeah. yeah Are unfortunately, you not in a tent? Unfortunately, because all the... Uh, in the back because of the van, I thought. Because all the inexpensive B&Bs had already been booked up, uh, I can only stay in a really luxurious palatial 
I don't know. I don't really have. You know, you know how I think of you and your and your and your, and your, uh, your budgets for, for such things. So uh, excellent. So, yeah. so you're in the tent. <laughs> now here we car, are. Yeah. Let's have a read before we go from the kids at Kingston and Thruxton Primary School and what they think of the day that Farmer Phil gave the beef. Dear Farmer Phil, thank you for the lovely yummy meat on Wednesday. I ate it all. It was the best meat. I hope we have it again at school. Everyone loved it. Our topic is healthy me, and your meat is part of the topic. Yum. Kind regards, love, Ellie. I've got one. Dear Farmer Phil, thank you for your delicious free meat that you kindly gave to us. You are very kind. I wish I could have it again. Our topic is healthy body parts. Your beef is healthy food. Kind regards, Freddie Spencer. Fab. I think these guys, they've, they've, almost been, they've probably been sat together. Because they've all been signed off. Everybody sort of signs off kind regards, which is great. Which is not something I, I thought I was the only person that ever did, but evidently, <laughs> if you're 12 years old, it seems to be the, the theme of things. But anyway, it says, Dear Farmer Phil, thank you for your scrumptious free meat. Yes, getting anything free out of uh, a Farmer <laughs> Phil is, is an achievement in itself. It was delicious. We had it all. Even teacher had some. It was the best meat I have ever had. I hope we can have some more. Our topic, uh, he says, and this is from uh, Robert Alex Wright, nonetheless, is healthy body parts eat apples to get a healthy body. <laughs> There's no abbreviation or anything in that. So, so you know, you can read it. But, yeah, lovely letter indeed. Fantastic. And just before we go, Laurie, Flory Laurie, who's in our floristry, has popped this up on Facebook. I thought I should share it with you. And if you want to go to Facebook, please go and find the Wiggly Wigglers group. Follow me on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm at Wiggled. And Farmer Phil's on Twitter too. And he's Farmer Phil without an E. But here we are from Laurie. I just thought I would share our very successful dinner time with you, thanks to Farmer Phil's pork sausages. I started by telling our three children, aged 5, 3 and 19 months, that we were having very special sausages from Farmer Phil, and they went down very well. This then sparked a discussion as to where our food comes from and which animals we can and cannot eat. We explained to our eager little bubsters that our lovely sausages came from pigs that had lived on the farm where mummy works and they gobbled them down quite readily, which is a slight miracle in itself. Our three-year-old, getting quite excited by the discussions, suddenly declared, We don't eat tigers or lions, do we, mummy? No, came the reply. Farmer Phil doesn't have tigers or lions, does he, mummy? No, came the reply. (laughs) (laughs) There we are. That's lovely. That's great, isn't it? For Mm. another week, we leave you from the Wiggly... What is it? Couch. In the Wiggly Lounge. Oh, oh, darlings! (laughs) Or are we actually on the Wiggly Sofa? We could have a Wiggly settee. (laughs) It's not me that's Obviously, Woolhope (laughs) is not quite like Blakemere. There's some... Phone hope, I think you'll find. I thought you lived on a dome in Woolhope. On the Woolhope dome, but it's It's in in Phone Village. Anyway, if you'd like to give us a review, we'd love to receive one. And for another week, we leave you from the Wiggly Sofa, having just about recovered from 
our florist doing 50 billion bouquets for Mother's Day. Till next week, it's bye from me. And bye from me. And bye from me. <laughs>